All right. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Unicron Trilogy podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. And today we are descending into the dark heart of the Unicron Trilogy, Transformers Energon. Oh, man. Man. Deep hurting. Yeah, it's, uh, it's some, it's some pretty serious hurting. Happy 20th anniversary, everyone! (laughs) Wow, what? 20th anniversary of the Transformers franchise in 2004. Oh, right. Uh, Yeah. Transformers Energon, and I believe also Dreamwave going bankrupt. <laughs> I, I realized that I, I I did have a little to drink to prepare for this episode, but I didn't think it was actually the 20th anniversary of Energon, like, this year. Oh, God, we'd all be so old. <laughs> I know. Uh, but uh, this was right around the same time that people started to realize, hey, this uh, this live-action movie, that, uh, that might actually happen. That'd be weird, huh? <laughs> nah, never happened. As opposed to, like, the late 90s where occasionally – there was, like, a particular person, I think, on on Altoids Transformers who would just declare that random things were proof that they were working on a live-action Transformers show. <laughs> Such that when when the opening credits rolled on on the showing at BotCon 2007, I turned to Ben Yee and said – Proof that we're going to have a live action Transformers movie. <laughs> so yeah, this uh, this is a sequel series to uh, Transformers Armada. It takes place, I believe, ten years later. Uh, we have some of the main cast carried over. Uh, Optimus Prime is still there. Hotshot is still there. Uh, Megatron. Actually, all, almost all the Decepticons are still there, uh, except one form or another. Yes. Uh, just uh, as a rundown, uh, Optimus Prime is still a truck, Hotshot is still a car, uh, Megatron is now a jet instead of a tank, oh, yeah, Cyclonus he... is now... Well, not instead of. He is a jet with his old tank form strapped to his arm. Yeah, because yes. he kind of got killed in the last series, but not killed super dead. He just... Yeah, he he wears his old body. He's only mostly dead, which means he's still partly alive. Well, basically, this one is the Galvatron-inspired Version. Yes. Ridiculously so. Except he's not Galvatron colors yet. He's a rather fetching uh, white and blue. Well, he's he's Galvatron toy U.S. colors. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you've got Cyclonus, who is now Snowcat, who is a Snowcat from G.I. Joe, <laughs> and also yodels all the time. Yes. It was a really cool toy. Yes. Oh. Uh, Demolishor is now a dump truck and also a monkey. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and uh, those last two, they don't actually start the series in those forms. They start in their old forms and get the new bodies during the show. Yeah. And they also get all their previous characterization wiped away. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, likewise for Starscream, who is now who is still Jet. And, yes, Tidal Wave, who is now Mirage, and his uh, defining characteristic is being super gay for Megatron. His IQ went up, at least. <laughs> this is true. Maybe it's like uh, dinosaurs where if it's a smaller body, the brain doesn't have to think as hard to get stuff out to the extremities so it can do more thinking on other stuff. There you go. Sure, why not? (laughs) And we've uh, also, uh, we've got some new additions to the cast. Uh, In this case, uh, we have Ironhide, who is the new Kid Appeal character, who is a blue van and is an idiot. And beyond (laughs) that, his... His voice is just Carlos from Armada. Yes, but yeah. with less of an accent. Only slightly less. <laughs> yeah. More oh, dull yeah. surprise to match the animation. Yeah. More of, more like, less, I would say, Southern California and more Northern California. How's that? <laughs> yeah. It's more of a dude accent, but he was also using kind of a dude accent with, with Carlos, just with a slight Mexican Tinge to it. Uh, we've also got uh, Inferno, who is kind of like a sniper guy, who is not very interesting, which is too bad because he's the focus of this episode. Yeah. When he gets imprisoned. Yes. We've got a whole bunch of other Autobots. Uh, Rodimus, who is actually old on this and just kind of bland. Like, yeah, what the everybody hell? Everybody on this is super bland. Yeah. We have Prowl, we have Landmine, 
uh, Cliff Jumper and Downshift who are given the wrong names in this. <laughs> yes. In dialogue, they call yes. each other They're by their own it. names. Oh god, it's amazing. And on the Decepticon side, we have Shock Blast, who is, uh, who looks like Shockwave, but is actually like a crazy person. Yeah, he acts nothing like, well, sometimes Shockwave goes a little mad, but not like this, he's also kind of stupid. Yeah, between him and Starscream, they're like the inverse of what their characters traditionally are. And I think the reasoning with Starscream is that he's kind of a zombie. Yeah, he's like half ghost or something. Mm, and so he's actually kind of, yeah. it's, it's a very cool toy. Uh, so I think he's kind of being like brainwashed or something by Megatron. So there's that. But yeah, Shockwave is just, Shock Blast is not like any Shockwave previously established. And there's also Scorponok, who is, uh, I can't really remember his deal. I think he was a good guy and then he was a bad guy. Uh, he also has a really cool toy, but... I've forgotten so much of this show, and it's mostly <laughs> for my own sanity. The episode implies he used to work for Alpha Q, and then Megatron brainwashed him, too. That kind of seems to be Megatron's go-to move. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're a Decepticon? I'll brainwash you into being a better Decepticon. Yeah. And yes, we also have Alpha Q, or Alpha Quintesson, who is a deranged, cackling maniac who endlessly talks about nothing. <laughs> So, how are these his planets? I don't know, but <laughs> kicker, kicker, our planet's kicker. Yes. Oh. Oh God, and that brings us to the humans that make us miss the Armada humans. And well, the Armada humans matter, are still in this, but not as much. Our, our so. main kid is Kicker, who is a teenager, and... He is like a generic anime protagonist guy. Yeah, even more so than usual. He he was the uh, the introduction to the Transformers universe of uh, popular voice actor Brad Swale, who I am very fond of, uh, and who had been in like various Gundam things. I think he was Amaro in the uh, oh. original Mobile Suit Gundam, uh, and. Basically, I had been this. This was around the time when I was working with uh, with Glenn Hallett and 3H, and I had been waiting for him to get a role in some Transformer series so I could try to get him invited to BotCon because I wanted to meet him. But alas, it it was not to be. And I think he's also the main guy in um, Death Note. Yeah, I think so. That's Wait, that's I... what. Uh, that's what Wikipedia is telling me. Oh, yeah. oh. I, I just know that one clip where he's talking about taking a potato chip and, and eating it. it. <laughs> Which is like, oh, tangent. Death Note is the best comedy anime I have seen. Like, well, it's, it's top five comedy anime. Because once you realize it's so over the top, it's comedy, it's a great show. Also, he was one of the... Uh, one of one of my favorite versions of Nightcrawler, the uh, the X Men ev- Evolution one, where he's oh. precious little high school Nightcrawler. <laughs> so good. And uh, and we've also got his generic girlfriend Misha. Oh yeah, who's just kind of there, wearing an orange spacesuit, whatever. With a hold for her hair, which seems like a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's just like the way to get your brain sucked out. Yeah. Yeah. Also, sadly, we don't get Kicker's mad scientist dad in this episode. No, he is legitimately a delight because he <laughs> he's a crazy person. I think his son's, I think he may have actually named his son Kicker. <laughs> like that may be his actual first name. Yeah, he seems like someone who would do that. And, uh, yeah, the kicker has some sort of generic or some sort of vague superpowers that let him see Energon or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some kind of Energon sensing powers that they were originally using for cities and then now planets. Hmm. What? what, what? It's not worth trying to remember, is it? No. No. Uh, because this, this is. This, this show is so bad. The, instead of the cell anim, the, you know, flawed cell animation of Armada, this is, uh, all the, all the robots are computer generated. 
and all the backgrounds and people are cell animated. For and the, the most cell animation, part, as we will see. Yeah, the cell animation is okay. The computer animation is terrible. Yeah, it's well, co- integrating computer animation into anime has been an issue that anime has had for a while. They're getting better, but like the most common thing they use it for is like cars now. Just cars in the background yeah. and thing, or mm-hmm. groups of background characters that are unimportant. But still, most shows the somehow the cars they stand out so bad, no matter how they are. And these are robots that can't emote worth the damn, so they look even worse. Their yeah, walk their facial expressions are, really are mouth open, mouth closed. Yeah. Yeah, and their their walk cycles are just, especially iron hides. I noticed was just really awkward. Really stiff. Uh. They don't look like they're touching the ground at all. I think it got a little better in Cybertron. Well, they get there. I, I recall it being a little better in Cybertron. Uh, that was animated by a, a uh, studio called Gonzo. More different mouth. I have... yeah, Gonzo. Oh, yeah, Gonzo is one that has experimented with 3D quite a lot, and it fails more often there was, than not. There was an anime on Netflix, which I'm not going to attempt to name because I... Ganketsuo, I think, but it was basically like a sci-fi anime adaptation of The Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, that uh, one's great. I've heard. And it made some very interesting use of uh, computer coloring oh, with, with patterns. But but yeah, anyway, the point is, at this point, it is not ready for prime time. No. no. no it, I remember proposing at the time that it would be a good idea that for the next series... Instead of having them computer animate it, just ship the actual toys to the robot chicken people. <laughs> yeah, because that's another thing. These models are ridiculously toyetic. Like they're oh. pretty much straight. The toy, the toys, and yet in the most boring way. You might as well just bang a bunch of toys together. Yeah. And that's not even getting into. I mean, I, from what I understand, the scripts in the Japanese version are not great. But these appear to have been translated by Babelfish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like it was translated from Japanese into English by someone who speaks neither language. <laughs> it is almost incomprehensible. Yeah. And the plot is ridiculously convoluted. I I have no idea what's going on. It's convoluted and yet nothing happens. Yes. Yeah, it, it's kind of a plot in quotes. I think part of I, one of the biggest story problems with with Energon was that it was a a serial story to the point where it just what the story was so spread out that none of it actually like you couldn't keep up with any of it because it was boring. It was spread out. You just would forget what was going on or what the point of anything was because they mentioned it five episodes ago and then you like fell asleep. So and it's, it's really hard to, to keep up with what's going on because of that. And we've downgraded the MacGuffin from mini cons, which are at least visible and cute and have different character designs to Energon. And it's not even like Energon cubes in G1 where there was physical stuff you could be hauling around and fighting over, but no, it's just, the Energon is vaguely here. Yes, it's it's just this aura, this energy that suffuses everything, or whatever. Flows through us and binds us. It has a pink side and a glowing side, and it binds the universe together. Yes. So yeah, we open on what is apparently, so there are a whole bunch of planets that were consumed by Unicron, but then were regenerated or something. Sure. Anyway, we're on one of these planets, Iron Planet, which is, again, another desolate wasteland. Oh, before uh, that, shock- we do get the introduction to the show, which oh, is God. a return to R.I.D. form. Oh. <laughs> Wasn't this one actually done by some, like, dance music guy? Uh, no, that was Cybertron. Oh, okay. okay. This one was done by somebody with a Casio keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's shorter. Yeah. It is yeah. short. There- at least they did not decide to make a uh, dance club remix of it like they did with the Robots in Disguise theme. Yes. Uh, I lobbied to have you subjected to that audiences, no. and uh, I, I'm thankful I was overruled. I, it was vetoed because that would be considered audio torture. Transformers, more than me. 
This 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 has a pretty terrible keyboard solo in it, but it's less offensive than wrote than uh, Robots in Disguise. Yeah, it's slightly less horrible. It's one step above, maybe one and a half. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Shock Blast is chained up on Iron Plant. He's being guarded by Inferno. I. It's not just that he's chained up. He's like chained up between two pillars in a pose that looks like he's crucified. Yes. And uh, poking around the wiki, apparently, this is not the only time that happens to him. What? It's weird because he really only has one arm. The other arm is like a giant cannon. Yeah, that doesn't move on the toy. No. I I think he has an elbow on the show. Yeah, he's he's just blathering on, and Inferno kind of just uh, sits around and then eventually just shoots a mountain for no reason. Yeah, and it goes on for like a minute, and there's like maybe ten frames of animation in the whole thing. Yeah. Like, like just mouth, well, mouth flaps, but Chalk Blast doesn't have a mouth, so his head just moves a couple times. And then there's the little walk and shoot a mountain, and, and that's the whole thing, and it's... it's Shocklast asks why he shoots the mountain, and I agree. I'd like to know the answer to that. I would like to, too, but then at that point I realized, oh, Shockblast is voiced by Vegeta, or Jetstorm. And then you were distracted by that. Oh, yes, he is Brian Drummond. Yay! Yeah, then I was then I was going, my mind was wandering off. Yeah, yay, Brian Drummond's back in this piece of crap. Yeah. He is probably the most entertaining character in the episode. Yeah? Yes. But yeah, that's, that's again the problem with the story with Energon is that, yeah, you get distracted because it's stupid and boring and then the next thing you know you have no idea what's going on because you missed whatever story explanation they were giving. The next thing I knew, wait, that's a, well, there's Quintessons here? What the fuck? What did he say? It makes no sense. Well, it, it does make no sense. He's just talking about his planets and... Yeah, his planets, uh, Kicker. And he's talking to Kicker, and it's like, but Kicker's not with him, I guess. And and then I thought, wait, what time are we in? Because there's a spaceship that lands on a planet with a Dunkleostes fish. What? I do appreciate that this planet is just like planet Permian, because uh, later we also see a uh, what looks like a Diplocolus. Uh, is that the the horseshoe-headed? Salamander thingy, yeah. Yeah, and then we'll see like a giant dragonfly. Oh yeah, oh well, the dragonfly we'll get to, we're just skip over later. But like the dragonfly was the most gorgeously drawn thing in this entire episode. Why? It was very nice. All the budget that they saved on having the horrible computer animated robots, they spent on the dragonfly. Yeah. So yeah, they land here. They're just hanging around. Inferno calls in says that, uh, and basically for no reason, because there's nothing to report, yes, this guy who chained up here is still chained up. Yeah. But he, he expects Rodimus to be there soon. Because sure. I guess Rodimus is going to be there. Who knows? Yeah, Megatron, Radio Shock Blast, because I guess Shock Blast betrayed him. This show is... Not as this is possibly the least episodic Transformer show. Even Beast Machines had more distinction between episodes than this. Yeah, so admittedly, us jumping in here is kind of confusing, but it's, to, it's to just everyone extra confusing. I I did appreciate Megatron giving Shock Blast shit. Yes, <laughs> we're back yeah. to a good David K performance. Well, yeah, he, oh, yes. he's doing pretty good. They've, like, they've decided if they're gonna do this, they're gonna just go all in. But how mm. did? Why is Megatron still allowed to contact Shock Blast? What's the point of even chaining him up if he's not like scrambled from Decepticon communications? Yeah, like turn his radio off. Yeah, or break it. Maybe they figured all that would happen would be that Megatron would call and laugh at him, so they didn't even really need to. Well, that is what happens at first, but then Shock Blast pleads for his life, and Megatron decides, well, fine. Still gotta sell that toy, guys. Alright, I guess. Jeez. And, uh, meanwhile, uh, Rodimus is standing around in space. Yeah. And he notices things. Yes. Things? Well, uh, on the positive note, he does have a giant Rodimus star flag with him, so that's nice. Yes. 
so that's it's got the big flame and, and everything, and that at least is very Rodimus-y. Yeah. Yes. And then, then there's the scene of Cliff Jumper and Downshift who are flipped, and, and it's confusing. Well, especially since Downshift is just Wheeljack called Downshift because he looks like Wheeljack. It's distracting. What's with yeah. the weird rock music sting they get when they first show up? <laughs> I have and no last idea. show up. <laughs> Nothing about the music on this show makes any sense. No. It's just, you know, some sounds. I would at least appreciate if uh, they would just rip off more famous music as they did earlier in the show, where there's a scene of... this is a, I remember this is early in the show's run. There's a scene with some helicopters taking off, and it's a hilarious knockoff of the MASH theme. <laughs> Just as uh, in the next series, Cybertron, there's a bunch of stuff with a like secretive government agent uh, investigating paranormal activity, and it's just fake X Files theme. <laughs> it's pretty cute. Yeah. So yeah, there's a uh, Inferno comes under attack. Uh, we cut back to this planet with the like planet Permian. And we note uh, this giant dragonfly, which is beautifully animated. It's very nice. Because oh, Misha God, notices it because that's yeah. her thing. She does this episode. She's a scientist. I mean, she is at least very, as far as generic anime girls go, she's very low key, which I appreciate. Yes. Yeah, well, that's fair. Oh, I, I don't and believe in anything, Kicker. I'm a scientist. <laughs> And then Kicker arbitrarily declares the dragonfly must be so big because this planet must have, like, ten times richer nutrients than the nutrients on Earth. That dragonfly is huge. It must have huge guts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then Ironhide bravely declares that those nutrients are the reason we have to defend this planet. <laughs> yeah, that was weird and dumb. All right, uh, go back to space. Uh, well, no. No, no, sorry, sorry. No, we're back in the we're back on Iron Planet. Uh, Inferno is just in a in a trench, shooting well, first, at the uh, at the Autobot or the Decepticons. Ironhide does get a distress call off, and then back on Jungle Planet, Optimus shows up and offers strategic instructions on whose stock footage we should show before they go yes. to <laughs> Iron Planet. <laughs> yes. Because he's and he makes a. Oh, go ahead. Oh, this is where we get a uh, an indication of the unifying gimmick for the uh, the show, and that is power linking. So it's every a really cool toy gimmick. Yeah, it is. So every deluxe and uh, Voyager uh, Energon toy could turn into uh, the torso or the legs of a bigger robot, and each toy could either become torso or legs. So. It had three, you know, four modes, basically. So apparently whoever was on top got to keep their name. Yes. Yeah, so. Well, that's because they get to be the head, whereas the other guy has the head somewhere around the crotch region. Yeah. And this is where I'd say Optimus made a huge mistake in his instructions, because he ordered Ironhide to be the head, and Jetfire, as voiced by Scott McNeil, to be the legs, meaning that... Instead of getting to hear Scott McNeil for the rest of the episode, we just get to hear Ironhide for the rest yeah, of the episode. Yeah, we, we just get, like, one Scott McNeil line, and then he becomes somebody's pants. And that's yeah. crazy, because from what I recall, I think Ironhide has the better legs mode. <laughs> it's debatable. Yeah, that Those are both reasonable. Okay. But it was, a, it was a neat concept, and it, I mean, it never really did much on the show. They never really explained, you know, what they did or whether they could, you know, combine their skills or anything. Yeah. It was just a thing that existed. Why? Yay. Shipping. Yeah. <laughs> I can say that. I'm allowed. <laughs> Optimus and, uh, and uh, Windsaber combined, too. Yes, Windsaber is... Uh, he, he kind of has a personality, but mostly he's just a magic mushroom for uh, uh, Optimus Prime to use as extra limbs. Wasn't it Wing Saber? Oh, did what did I say? Wind. Somebody was saying Wind Saber. Right. Okay, I think it is Wing Saber. What is, yes. Does he? He doesn't even have a line. I don't think he's. Ju he's just arms and legs. I don't think so. Episodes. Yeah, I think he's just a replacement for Optimus Prime's original Zords. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which I that 
A lot of people think that toy looks ridiculous, and they're correct, but it's a lot of fun. It is. Although, to be honest, you get exactly as much fun out of the uh, Kabaya candy toy version as you do out of the full-size leader class one. I will take your word for it. I don't have that one. But yeah, he, he had came with four different vehicles that turned into his limbs. I think there was a submarine, a fire truck, a helicopter, and a drill tank. There's always a drill yep. tank. Well, that's so he can have a drill hand. Yeah. Oh, no, not a drill hand. It's so he can do a drill kick. <laughs> What's with the drill tanks? Not even a real thing. It, it it's uh, it's very kind of Thunderbirds. Yeah, yeah. It's down to his trailer that they all pop out of. Yes, sadly, honestly, I think I'd pre- I prefer this show if instead of this bad computer animation, it was like creepy British puppet people. No, please no. <laughs> oh, those puppets are nightmarish. Um, I will never understand the British. That uh, that aired on a Sci-Fi Channel in the mornings in the early '90s. Like Transformers G1 would be like between Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet or something. Oh, so oh. I, I was introduced to the horrors of that. <laughs> Fortunately, at an old enough age where I wasn't too terribly scarred, but, but yeah. I was scarred. Oh, although <laughs> I was scarred specifically by Terrahawks, which was another series by Gary Anderson where they actually had larger scale marionettes, and it just, it was extra creepy. Right, they're kind of fleshier, I yeah, think. Yeah, it was... Uh, uh, I think I think they showed that one, too. Yeah, I think it was a separate one. Anyway, Starscream's a loyal ghost, which is weird. Yeah. It's like the anti-Starscream. It's... Rodimus, again, is another character who's like the opposite of who he's supposed to be. Yes, I'm just, I'm, I'm very serious. I'm kind of talking like circa 2004 John Kerry. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Kind of continuity with, like, Starscream betraying the Decepticons in Armada and getting killed, and then Megatron deliberately brings him back as a servile ghost. But... And then he betrays them again in uh, Cybertron. Yeah. That's a much more Starscream-y betrayal than the one in Armada was, though, too. Yeah, that's true. He's He's... He's kind of like a a, a B-grade uh, Beast Wars Dinobot in Armada. Yeah, he really is. He's very Dinobot-y because he's, you know, his complaint against... It's not that he wants to be the leader at any cost for no good reason. Uh, it's just that he feels that Megatron is insufficiently honorable in his pursuit of the Minicons. Yes. And then in Cybertron, spoilers, he's so classically Starscream, he comes with the coronation crown. Yes! <laughs> Alright, so where were we? Uh, okay, I think it's this point where Hotshot is just driving through space. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's some driving through space, which is something that Energon is also known for. Oh, it's yeah. so lazy. Although they're not even driving through space, they are just kind of flying in robot mode. The only driving happens because Hotshot transforms so he can try to use his headlights to see stuff. Yeah, it, it's a very confusing it's, segment it's, where, like, they're just floating and there's asteroids and then maybe they're supposed to be moving, but it's just confusing and badly edited. Yeah, there, and there's something about, a, a, like, a, a rift in space that's just like a shimmering rainbow shower curtain. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, continuity-wise, Optimus and Rodimus went in there before Hotshot and these other two got in there and left before they escaped. Oh. So this is just, they suck. They've been lost in here forever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, did we do the part where uh, Megatron actually shows up and offers to free Shock Blast? Uh, Yeah, I think we're we're just, yeah, we're we're at that part now. Okay. I'm, I'm so amused by... Shockblast is crucified, and Megatron is like, I'll let you go if you kneel before me. <laughs> it's like, how's he going to do that? Also, my uh, my, my notes suggest a, a lewd act there. So. <laughs> but he doesn't, like, he's just an eyeball. Which is also entirely appropriate. Well, yes, there's that point. And, and Megatron is a robot, but, but yes. 
would also be an appropriate thing to demand of someone whose subservience you are demanding. I mean, I guess he's got one hand. (laughs) (laughs) What? Isn't there a claw? Eh, Megatron likes it rough. (laughs) (laughs) And Paradon's gone wild. (laughs) (laughs) So they, they, uh, Megatron ends up trapping, uh, Inferno in this crevasse. And Imprisoning him, you might <laughs> say. Imprisoning him. <laughs> Nobody cared about this show. <laughs> well, they did fix it for the DVD release. This is true. And then he kills him with his sword, and suddenly everybody's way better animated. Oh, this yeah. is segment. This, like, they actually can animate the robots, although admittedly they're like over animating them. There's like three levels of shading, which looks gorgeous, but. When they do, like, um, Inferno is mostly, in this segment, when he gets stabbed, he's cell animated. But Megatron, a lot of it, he's still the CG animated, which looks like shit. But every once in a while, he'll have a grimace, and, oh, he looks awesome. And then, then we cut back to the CG, and it's just, oh, it's a torturous scene that this show could be, okay, it'd still be confusing as fucking badly translated, but it could at least look better. Since this happened so far along in the episode, it just sort of felt like, at this point, they were like, so how much budget do we have left? Huh, that much? Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's animate this well. Let's actually we saved it all by not animating this, uh, this rift, so uh, let's go nuts here. <laughs> yes, pretty much. And by setting the entire episode on the desolate wasteland planet. <laughs> yes. As you do. And Megatron wants to know where the Energon is, which... I don't know if even we know where the Energon is at this point, or if there is any Energon. <laughs> you know. The Energon. Is there just like a big room full of it? It's all over the place. There's planets full of it. What? Who cares, Megatron? Why are you bothering this one idiot? Well, he's obsessed with turning him into a Decepticon. Why? I, I don't know. But... Because he's a really good s- sniper... I guess. I and don't he, like, know. shoves an energy ball into him that he says is going to turn him into a Decepticon. Oh, yeah, doesn't that's... just shove it into him, shoves it into his shoulder where his Autobot logo is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, uh, that's nice and... Yeah. And also, at this point, Scorponok is arriving with a bunch of Terracons, who we haven't discussed because they're not really in this episode, but they're uh, beast Decepticons. In this case, I think these are all Insecticons. They're generics. They're... Yes. Army builders. Army builders. By three. I mean, everybody on this show is a generic. That's true. Yeah. We did get a ravage out of it, which was nice. Yeah, That's the true. Ravage I mean, I think uh, what's it, the the bird uh, dive bomb is quite nice. He's, oh he's yeah, weird, that was our that was our first modern RC. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's a motorcycle. And no, there's also the that uh, cool lock, which is based on uh, Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Yeah. Oh right. Well, kind of, sort of. He, he's more stand-up like regular Godzilla, but he's got the head of Matthew Broderick Godzilla, which looks like Sheer Khan in a weird way. But that's... Oh, I love that little toy. And he also had so an good. Autobot counterpart who was one of those uh, Mazer tanks from uh, Kaiju movies. Yep. Uh, oh, what was that thing called? Oh, the signal basics flare? from this line were all so good. Yes, yeah, Signal Flare. Signal Flare, yeah. Kind of neat. The plane was good. A strong arm of the Jeep was great. Yes. I mean, this was a really good toy line, which was underserved by a terrible cartoon. It's not as good as Armada. No, Armada was better, but Armada, more of the toys were like solid bricks, like there was less hip joints and things. Mm -hmm. Shock Blast ignored, there's more articulation in Energon, but it doesn't always work so well for everything. Like the, well, the combining toys we're not getting to in this episode, they're almost good combiners, but not quite. And they, I mean, sort of Hasbro had sort of done beasts for so long, they sort of had to relearn how to do vehicle guys. Yeah. Yes. It's one of those things. So we get a confrontation between Ironhead and Scorponok. Scorponok, we get no emotion from Scorponok out of here, and we get minimal emotion from Ironhide. Scorponok sounds really ultra magnusy here. Yeah. I can't deal with this right now. <laughs> eh. I'm loyal to Megatron right now. Yes. Guys, I'm loyal to Megatron right now. And all this time, 
Inferno is having incredibly maudlin flashbacks about uh, Optimus Prime telling him about the beauty of Earth. Oh yeah, weird. Yeah, and, very dramatic. And not he, he's not Inferno's not just having it about Optimus Prime. Like I, Ironhide is also there with his Carlos voice telling him, "Oh, Earth is beautiful," and then stuff. And meanwhile, Inferno is screaming because his allegiance is being twisted, maybe, and he's being stabbed in the gut. It's a weird juxtapositions that don't quite make sense. Yeah. Especially with the music, which is like a knockoff version of the Corneria theme from Star Fox. So the the cavalry finally gets there. Uh, Megatron takes off. The rest of the Decepticons take off into the air after turning into, respectively, a dump truck, a <laughs> snowmobile, and a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, All um, known flying vehicles. A snow, um, oh no, it's, what the hell is that classic category? It, it's got treads on the back and the front wheels are wheels. A half track? Half, yeah, half track, that's it. I mean, and he is a snowcat because he's well, yes. patterned after the G.I. Joe vehicle. Qu- quite specifically. But yes. His gun system is weird. I, I like the toy, but I also kind of hate it. I, I was kind of hoping to get like a Python Patrol uh, redoc of him. Yeah, uh, yeah, or something else. Instead, uh, Tiger Force. Instead, there's the black and orange redeco, which is the one I have, which it's weird, but it's Halloween. Hey, it's fine. But if they'd done Python Patrol, they could have called him Snow Serpent. Ooh, nice. I could have swore we got a Tiger Patrol version of him. I we got one that had orange on it, but it wasn't. It didn't have the tiger stripes. I don't. No, think. it's the club never did that. He's almost pure black in vehicle mode. He's just got orange accents. Ah. He's very kind of boring, but uh, I couldn't find the other one. Oh, okay, I know what I was doing. I was misremembering the uh, original toy releases having tiger stripes on it for, like, a white tiger. Ah. So, yeah, they the Autobots also fly away. They get Inferno to safety. And uh, well, as triumphant music plays... They, they get him to his... safety in a really weird way. Like, he becomes the upper body and somebody plugs into his bottom to keep him alive, I guess. Um, is it Prowl? I yeah, think? what they needed there is like, okay, I'm going to act as your life support system yeah. by... But, like, that's only implied because they don't say they shit don't about that. It. We just see Optimus Prime carrying him and he's got somebody else's pants on. <laughs> But they, they rescue from him from his imprisonment. Yes. Yes. And as as triumphant music plays on the soundtrack, his symbol turns into a Decepticon symbol. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. Decepticon Man, that's Inferno really going to upset all the people whose favorite character he is. It was nobody. But it's like, after, <laughs> after all that, after all that good minute seconds of animation wasted on being stabbed and tortured like it would have been a good death scene and then they waste it. oh no he's fine yeah he's okay and then i think he's a decepticon for an episode or so and then he uh they rebuild him as roadblock a new toy <laughs> you know if this was beast wars i would this would be one of those things where i would say it would be a, a great chance to talk about what makes an Autobot and what makes a Decepticon, but I, I don't think anyone put that much thought into this show. Nope. No. It's 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 about on the level of uh, that Attack of the Autobots uh, episode of G1, where they get, like, evil <laughs> yes. energy pumped into them and they become evil. Yes. What's that? It's so bad. It's so dumb. But it was the 80s. Things were dumb. Yeah. yeah 2004. Yeah, by this point... We have point, the internet now. Things are supposed to be better. <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to have gotten all that out of our system, and but no, now we are doing cheaply produced anime. Yeah, this is just... It's, it's, uh, it's just so weird, since like when it is cell animated, it, it looks so good, but when it's CG, it just looks so bland. Then again, I guess that is kind of a problem. It's like... But like well, not really related, but uh, on the current Robots in Disguise cartoon, there are rare moments when things are hand-animated instead of CG, and it's like the animators spend all their time on those few segments, like an explosion or here or there. Yeah. But that show at least looks good when it's not cell-animated. This show, uh, yeah. on the other hand... I mean, this... I, I don't know. You, you, I, mean, I think Energon sold well enough, maybe not Armada numbers, but you... 
you can't imagine that Hasbro was happy with this product that had their name on it. No. You would think. And yet, we had one more year to go. I mean, maybe they signed some sort of, like, three-series contract with uh, Takara or something. I'm pretty sure they did. Maybe. Although, certainly, they, the Transformers Cybertron has more thought put into it. Yeah, it's actually almost yeah. too much thought, in a way. But, yeah, it's not as bad as this. This is just lack of ideas on screen, anyway. There's ideas in the toys, but it just... The show is a mishmash of what the fuckery. Oh, it's just good. It's not good. Incomprehensible. Yeah. And the the translation and well the dub being rushed and they didn't get care for most of it apparently. It just oh, no. it, it doesn't help. It's like this is a shit show, we're not gonna put a lot of work into it, but it's so little work put into the translation that it's actually more confusing than it would probably be in Japanese. Like, I mean, eh, it's fine, it's fine. It's I mean, fine. I think maybe the only way to salvage this might have been to just uh, do, uh, like, a gag dub. Like, uh, what's it called? Uh, Samurai Pizza Cats. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that a gag worked. dub would help, or at least a funnier dub would help this. You know, just replace Alpha Q with a guy doing a Paul Lind impression. Oh, God, now I'm tempted to do, like, a Ghost Story-style dub of this. Oh, oh that, that, well, that would be ideal, but I, I was thinking, like, Maybe a little bit funnier than, like, Digimon at the time. Because Digimon, like, funnied it up a bit more. I mean, it was a kid show anyway, yeah. but still. They had fun. This, no. This is not fun. A few moments oh, no. of gorgeous animate, few seconds of gorgeous animation, yes. and a lot of crap. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that is Transformers Energon. May we never watch it again. <laughs> nope. Agreed. Yeah, let's just forget any of that <laughs> happened. Just all of it. I and it I as bad as it was though kinda wanted me to kinda made me want to get my Energon toys out. I saw oh, Land yeah. of Mine was briefly in this episode. He is super cool. Yeah, yeah cool. Cliff Looks Jumper like a, I really liked. Despite a hot shot being just complete garbage in the show, he turns into an Aston Martin and is kind of awesome in this series. I, yes. I kinda don't like that toy though, that it's just too fiddly for one of the shirt pants guys. Hmm. I mean, I think in uh, Inferno was the best of the. Uh, he was a solid torso and legs, from right. what I can recall. Jeff I loved good. his legs mode. Yes, and actually, I think uh, Rodimus was pretty good legs. Rodimus is good legs, yeah. but Rodimus's basic robot mode is kind of stiff. I prefer uh, Prowl. I do like Prowl, even though he's kind of dwarfish. Yeah, he, he's. A little weird spindly, but fun. And then some of the weird stuff we got there in the toy line that didn't even show up on the show, like uh, Toe Line, the guy who can be a shirt but can't be pants because his uh, vehicle mode separates out into, like, a Optimus Prime G1 deck that people oh, can attach oh, right. to his shirt. It's, it's a marb. Yeah, he's, he's yes. G1 Ironhide. Yeah, And then a... the club... Proudly in their inaugural year, turned him into Ratchet and Ironhide. <laughs> yes. Yep. Because we'll never get new toys of them. Well, no. Well, wait. How many toys of them have we had since we had the wonky SUV? We've had ones, uh, two different toys of them so far, I believe. Where, wait, did that like, Ratchet ever come out? No. Okay, maybe that was a oh, right. club thing the then. Combiner Wars. I know Wacky has like five of them. Yeah. Well, there, there was the Combiner Wars one. That there was the, right, the Combiner Wars. There was the and there was also Con Combiner Wars Inferno, yeah. or uh, not Inferno, uh, Ironhide. Yeah, it was just the, the Ratchet was just the uh, Botcon. Okay. And we also got the movie characters, Ironhide and Ratchet, both of whom got homage decos. Yeah, yes. but they're even them. No, I don't count them. <laughs> you know, I'm sure <laughs> we'll get another one before long. Yeah, yeah. we're about due. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Ironhide just had the Combiner Wars, and he's just a little weird. More G1 version. We'll get them eventually. Other strange things. We got a uh, G.I. Joe done up as kicker that comes with a G.I. Joe-skilled transforming dirt bike. <laughs> yes. What uh, Japan got at that time, Takara was really into doing uh, Microman stuff, and there was a Microman kicker, which I have. That was actually probably the better of the two toys. Very yeah. cool. Although I think it was, it was the more cool. fragile of the two. Oh yeah, because Micro Man yeah. just... Oh yeah, because it's fairly fragile. There's, I, I also have uh, 
Microman of uh, three of the main characters from Gal Gygar and Ray Ayanami. Uh, oh, there's Ray Ayanami. They were really into doing huh. Microman of everything that year. All right. So we will be back next week talking about the final third of the Unicron trilogy, Transformers, Cybertron. And it will – I think it's the best of the three. Yeah. That is a low honor. I mean, which basically means <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It, yeah. it holds together it's... as a show best. I mean, it holds up about as well as, I think, uh, the first Robots in Disguise. So, you know, it's watchable. Yes. Yeah. It's all but, right. But after that, we're getting to the good stuff. And in quotes. No, that's right. We're getting to the actual good stuff. No, the actual good stuff. As opposed to now, which is the good stuff in quotes. Yes. So uh, until then, though, you can find us all over the Internet. We are on Twitter, we are on Tumblr, and we are on Facebook. And we are hosted by IaconUnderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help us with hosting costs for this and our news program, Icon Underground Radio. That can be found at patreon.com slash Underground. And you can also find us on uh, iTunes and on Google Play. Uh, and wherever you get us, please rate and review us. And, of course, if you uh, want to write in and tell us what uh, you thought of the Unicron Trilogy, are, are we just big jerks for making fun of the uh, uh, unsullied anime masterpiece that is Transformers Energon? No. No, we're not. But if you think so, please write in to the Maxim Mailbag at stasispodcast at gmail.com. So, until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. Watching this online, I was watching a bootleg copy, of course, and, and there was an ad at the bottom for Dragon Ball GT, and it made me want to watch Dragon Ball GT instead, and Dragon Ball GT sucks! I'm David. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, it's the Mega Dinobot of series. <laughs> Wait, Mega Dinobot also came out in this uh, in this toy line. Yes, it did. Oh, I never had one. It looked terrible, but it, I kind of wanted one. It, it was terrible. amazingly horrible that, to the point where I kind of want it, especially since it's a shirt pants, but it's, like, really expensive. Although, they recently reissued that Grimlock in a set of multiple Grimlocks oh, in right. a, such a confusing way. Without the swoop. Without the pants. Why? Why? Because the actual combination mechanism doesn't work. It, wait, it doesn't? Uh, the clip that holds them together does not actually match in shape. Oh. Yeah, apparently it causes the torso to slump back when in combined mode. Oh. Yeah, it's not good. Apparently it was made entirely by Hasbro. They didn't, like, have Takara engineer it. Oh. Which is why it's kind of crummy. Well, the swoop on his own looks kind of okay. Yeah, I mean, kind of okay is... Yeah, I mean, he looks kind of okay. Yeah, he looks like G1 Swoop, only slightly kibblier. Yeah. Oh, and Sharkticon. Sharkticon was so cool. Oh, Sharkticon is... Uh, I really like Slug Slinger, although he is a real pain to transform. Oh, no. Sl- Slug Slinger, I just have the... the Oh, what do you call it? Uh, club version. Yeah, I picked up the uh, Air Razor, and it is not good. No, I, I have it in robot mode, and that's how it will stay forever. Yeah. When I say I picked it up, I mean I was at Hasbro. It was in a box. Nobody wanted it. I picked it up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, I, I quite like the combiners as well. Unfortunately, they're terrible on the show. Yeah. They're good enough. I really like Barricade. Out of yeah, all. Barricade is Oh, Barricade nice. is, is, is the light. And I, I like all the little basic guys. Yeah. Yeah, the, oh, that, wait, was that the, yeah, that was the start of the, the, oh, what did we used to call it, the Luigi? Little uh, giants or some weird thing? Sorry, what did you say? 
Well, in Wiggy, didn't you guys used to call like the the little guys who were awesome some specific term? Um, not ringing a bell, but it does sound familiar. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Tiny gods or something? Oh, something like that. <laughs> it was not along those lines. I cannot recall, but you. That does sound familiar. Remember, I had to, I, the last uh, wave never came out in Canada. I had to get mine from Chip. Ah. Oh, didn't that Omega Supreme was so weird. I oh, I actually really like that Omega Supreme. It's ridiculous, but I enjoy it a lot. I mean, it doesn't. It's not bad looking. It's just so weird that it's like two separate trains that turn into this. I guess it is kind of a very Sentai-ish. It's 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 a train and a and a battleship. Yeah, they combine into one giant battleship train or a weird robot with a head. I think they call it the Energon train. (laughs) And then the head combines separately after popping off from somewhere that was like the communications tower. But then there's another head underneath it on the port that it connects to in case you lose it. Yes. And then you can flip all of that away and shove the Optimus Prime toy into it. <laughs> that looks hilariously stupid, but I love it. Because his head is so tiny. <laughs> but uh, no, I really like that Omega Supreme. I thought he was uh, a lot of fun. Oh, God, and you can attach Prime's drones to it. Oh, he's, he's ridiculous. <laughs> wow, that's super Sentai-y. Super, super sentai Symmetrical docking. Hey. Uh... And yeah, next week's Cybertron. I, you know, that, I think that is my least favorite of the Unicron trilogy toy lines, just it's because not, the, the oh, Cyber Key is. Toy, yeah, I, yeah. Know, I don't mind. There's some good stuff. The toys are a lot of the toys are pretty good though. Oh yeah, Cyber Key. Is and high. we we have to get some ladies. Yay! Yeah, Yay. that's a mixed bag. Yes, it is. Well, yeah, okay, we'll we get get there. Yeah, we'll talk about. We'll that. talk about that next time. <laughs>